Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of that period of time with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We are going to start at the bottom of the hour with our friend Dave Sproul. Uh, he will help us out with TCU and Iowa State here tonight. Uh, both teams uh, in the... I don't want to call them throws of losing streaks, but Iowa State's, what, lost two in a row, as you just heard Ron say, and three in a row for TCU. And it sounds like TCU might have their dudes back, and we'll get into that coming up. Um, Dave Sproul, 1030. Then David Eicholt on Iowa. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, Eicholt here at about 1045. Look forward to that. At 1205, a little NFL conversation with Frank Schwab back from Phoenix. We're going to look forward more, mostly uh, as opposed to, oh, I'm sure we'll do a little bit uh, on Sunday, but looking forward, the quarterback shuffling around, etc. cetera, uh, with uh, Frank Schwab, maybe pick his brains. He likes to dabble a little bit. He lives in Colorado where sports wagering is legal. Uh, maybe he's got uh, identified a future that he likes. We'll pick his brain on that. And then David Kaplan, uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors our friend David Kaplan, who joins Trent and I uh, every Wednesday. He's on a beach somewhere. Oh, I, He told me last week, too. He's going to do it from the water. Oh, of course. Feet will be dangling from the water. We'll probably hear a little splashing. Uh-huh, as we normally do. Uh, it cracks me up. I mean, he goes on vacation, doesn't do his show, but does ours. <laughs> Every Wednesday, wherever man. he is around around the world. So he keeps his commitment. He doesn't have to, but we're grateful that he does. And we'll talk to Cappy coming up here uh, at about 12.30. Trent's plays of the day. Before we get out of here, Drake, you and I tonight. Drake is now in the NIL game. Uh, good to see that uh, men's basketball pro. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say men's. Um, it's basketball related. I don't know if it's both men's and women's, but uh, they are in the NIL business and maybe more coming up on that. Uh, not today, but in the next couple of days, once we get the principles all worked out and give them a little publicity as they try and keep up with the uh, rest of college basketball as far as uh, helping out some of these student athletes and making it uh, easier uh, in some cases to get them to Drake. Obviously, they still got the academic box to check, uh, but then uh, if they got that, come along with putting a little money in their pocket as every school or the majority of schools are. So it was a, I wouldn't play last night, but boy, they had a good night. <laughs> yeah, they did. Everybody's Holy losing. mackerel. It couldn't have worked out any better, Trent. Not Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they have so many tiebreakers already mm-hmm. against the teams that are around them. True. And they're in great shape if it gets to that level. Got to beat Michigan years. State coming up. That's a big one, and yeah. that's one that you definitely have. And circled. we have tickets to give away from Doctor Fuller. Oh, nice! And that's and that game is already sold out. It is uh, weather not but, quite as iffy as it would sounded like initially. But it's the right? following Saturday. The following Saturday, right? Gotcha. I better be the following. Yeah, Saturday. you're right. Yep, it is yep. the following Saturday. Yeah, because they play Sunday. Against yeah, but Northwestern, Northwestern, 5.30 on the Big Ten Networks. As the Big Ten Network now gets back into those evening games that we <laughs> love so much. And um, we'll see one uh, with the Hawks in Northwestern. And that's a big spot in its own yes. right. But yeah, Illinois going down. They're now 8-6. and six. Rutgers getting beat again. They're 8-7. and seven. And Michigan following to Wisconsin. Boy, Wisconsin let them back in that basketball mm-hmm. game. Uh, but they were able to hang on. You know what one of the stories is? I mean, from last night, it's not a big story, but it's nice to see because I want 
Fred Hoiberg to succeed over mm-hmm. in Nebraska. And his kid, his kid plays a lot. And it's not the first time we've brought Sam Hoiberg up on the show, but he's played a lot lately. I don't know why. I've just um, fallen into some Nebraska games as of late. And the kid's on the floor, and he's not out of place one little bit. He's not playing because his last name's Hoiberg. Right, I'll put right, it that yeah. way. He's earning his minutes. This isn't a little Lick situation. No, no. That That one photo of him... Getting and he spotted. made the shot, apparently. He did, against Purdue. It was against Purdue? Yes. Just looks like he's going to be oh, absolutely... It looks like he's going to be eaten. Swatted into yes. the 20th row, and he finished off that and shot. And he finished the shot. One of the few. Yeah. Boy, that was a dark period. It really was, wasn't it? So... Oh, that was a bad period. I uh, For Valentine's Day yesterday on my podcast, mm-hmm. looking for a different you angle. You celebrate? Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I do celebrate. We do celebrate in the Condon household. Mm-hmm. But I was looking for a different angle, and I was just talking about things I love about the Hawkeyes. Yeah. And I went down the Fran McCaffrey Road again. I mean, you remember that time. You were on the air. I was uh-huh. on the air talking about Iowa basketball. Not only were they bad. Mm-hmm. It was unwatchable. What was the slogan when he first got the job? Let's make... Let's get mad again. Let's get mad again. To get that's to March what, Madness. Yeah, that's what it was. Yep. If Iowa gets to the tournament this year, that will be eight of the last ten years mm. getting to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's only won four games. Now. Right, right. I, I know the Sweet 16, yeah. that is... They get there... That's always the, the but. Yeah, but. But! Last year, well, two years ago, crossed off, they got to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. Hadn't done that before. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of struggles in the Big Ten mm-hmm. tournament. Cross that off, and then, of course, last year, all the way yep. through, and win the whole thing. That is the last big thing. Realistic thing. Yeah, you would love to see a regular season title. I'm 42. Number has happened in my lifetime. Last one was 1979. The Final Four happened weeks before I was born <laughs> in 1980. So, we're talking about, yes, it would be great to get there, but come back to reality. Right. And he has delivered, and he has brought this Iowa program back. And. Are there things that drive me nuts about Fran? I, I think anybody that listens to us know they're absolutely The two is. foul is probably at the top of the list. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. And there are a few, you know, just game management Fouling things. your own guys out. I understand that. I think if you're a fan of any basketball team or you follow a basketball team, any coach, yeah. you're going to get driven nuts by. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there are people that didn't like Phil Jackson, certain things that he did during the Bulls run. It's just That's basketball. It's an easy sport to second guess, and you can do that with coaches. But... Delivering Iowa back to respectability again and, and getting there and giving a chance. And you keep getting those dice rolls, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're going to hit it at one point. You're going to get think. your number. I don't know if this is the year. I, I think they're a very matchup dependent team of getting to the second But weekend. they're trending to a six seed in the NCAA tournament, Trent. And I love that spot. It's a beautiful spot. It is. Now you're looking at the potential 11 seed, which could Might be, be a play in. One of the big best men majors yeah, yeah. or. A play-in candidate, or one of the last teams. A, a North Carolina, a Kentucky. Yeah. Now, that'd be a little scarier. Yeah, it's just because the, they've been the there, brand. done that. It's right. the brand, yeah. But it also could be a Syracuse, an NC right. State, right. a Clemson. Yeah, you know, Wisconsin. A team like that. Well, not good Wisconsin. Right. I'm going to get but them. But, yeah. That's where it is. And that's just something I kind of went down that path last night, because talking about those teams, we were here on, on these airwaves three years ago with Prohm in his final season. Mm. And we came in every single day. Mm. And we, mm, we had to mm, talk about it. Right. And it wasn't fun. No, it's terrible. We are very lucky to be in the place that we are with both these basketball programs, mm-hmm. being relevant, 
And they also give us storylines, too. It's not just, now they're pretty good. Right. There, there's something that always seems to be Trent, happening with I, both I, of them. Th- this just did, I think, for, for everybody who's ever sat and talked into one of these, I don't care what frequency we're on, we owe our careers in big part to Iowa and Iowa State. No doubt. Because they move the needle, and they always have, and they always will. Well, and I think somebody that deserves credit for these airwaves and the way that the rivalry, I think, went up a level, certainly in radio talk. Well, Jamie Pollard. Jamie Pollard, yes, that's a huge one. But what Steve Dace did. Now, politically, yeah. Steve and I are nope. not aligned. Nope, you're right. You're right. He absolutely. I, I never. He's knew. the second. He's the second most influential hire uh, KXNO has ever made. Yeah, he's second yeah. to Heather. To Heather. Yeah, and you've said that before, and you're absolutely right. It is. I am right. Yeah. Steve Dace took it to another level. I was in the east side of the state. The frequency didn't come in. Streaming was not a thing. Mm-hmm. But I knew Steve Dace, and mm-hmm. I knew what he did to build up that rivalry. And that rivalry today. Yep. It's important. It is. And having both these football programs and basketball programs, having them be relevant, yeah. it is a huge part of what we do here in Central Iowa. Well, look, he opened up a door for uh, that Joe was part of to come in because when he went to WHO, yeah. we took his spot and beat him in the ratings every single freaking time, too. <laughs> I know you like that, too. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, full circle, back to the Big Ten. Where's Iowa finish? There's well, they're gonna, I, I think Trent... If they win four out of their next six. And that's, I think, the most realistic. I if you put the odds out there, too. what's the record the rest of the way? Ken Pomeroy has them going three and three. Though so, we, Ohio State. They're projected to win by five. So, that that's a win. Now, Sunday's not easy. No. By any means. So, let's give them a loss there. Okay. Do they bounce back and get Wisconsin? Yes, I think they do. Wisconsin's not very good. They are not. They're just... And this team, I mean... Iowa starts out 0-3. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin starts out 3-0, and yeah. and here we are. Wisconsin, they'll beat Wisconsin. They'll beat Michigan State at home. I think they will. They should have won at East Lansing. So that's 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. They lose in Bloomington. Yeah. 3-2. and two. And then beat a much better, trickier, tougher Nebraska team. But you got revenge. We got the revenge factor, yep. right? So they finish 4-2. and two. That's a double buy in my book. That's 12-8. and eight. Mm-hmm. And with... Just all the calamity that is happening and everybody beating each other up. And now you have to be ready for Nebraska. Minnesota, yep. you know, they, Iowa kept them at arm's distance, but they're going to get another win, aren't they? Some of those young guys are starting to play a little bit better. Maybe. That freshman class for the Gophers, maybe yeah, they upset maybe. somebody along the way. Look, they played Iowa tough. They An did. undermanned team. Uh, I don't think Iowa was ever in jeopardy of losing the game, but but the Gophers kept hanging around. Yeah, could they beat Rutgers? They get them the second to last game of the year up well, in the Nebraska barn. Nebraska just beat Rutgers Penn on State, the road. They go there Saturday, and Penn State after that huge win last night. Yeah. Just how impressive! Mm-hmm. Now you can see what I like about this Penn State team, right? I do, I do. <laughs> just they're a team that if they get in, and they'll probably be like in that eleven seed line if Maybe. they do. That is a dangerous team. Just watching Penn State and the way. The ability for a guy that Pickett's what six five, but he, oh, I don't think he's any bigger than that. Yes, six four, six five. His ability to get in the lane, and then when he's hitting shots, and he was doing that last night. Oh my night. god! But then even when he's not shooting well, he's such a good. Did facilitator. he set a school record last night? Oh, I don't know. Calvin Booth ever had forty one? Well, I don't know. I mean, that had to, it had to be close. Right. It wasn't. Um, of the three Big Ten games, I watched more <laughs> Nebraska than, than the other ones. And then uh, the Wisconsin-Michigan game at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what I did last night without Iowa State or Drake or you and I playing? I, I watched more of my squad. 
You know, just turned on the hockey. And, Did you? Yeah. They came back, didn't they? They did. They won yeah. in overtime. Nice. Uh, it was nice. A game they need to win. They Anyways, got a real shot. To make the playoffs. To win a round? To win a round. Two? Nope. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, I cashed with one of my Jets bets. I had three you of did. them. Yeah, I had three of them. I didn't realize I had that many. Uh-huh. And, I, and they got it made money. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, they're not winning. Kept two of them. Maybe should. Anyways. Because um, I had to buy more Chargers. Trent, <laughs> it's that time of year again, right? You start it's, building your L.A. Fe- Chargers it's portfolio. February. What are you doing over there? You're already fired. I can't fired. help myself. I know you can't. I just love betting them. Anyways. Uh, so Iowa State tonight. Let's get it to this mm-hmm. TCU game. We kind of teased it a little bit. Trent, Ba is questionable. Mm-hmm. Miles is questionable. Lampkin is questionable. I'm starting to hear the answer might be on all three of them, that they may all answer the bell. Fran Fischilla said on the weekend, prior to the Baylor game, that there was there was talk that Miles may be able to play in that one. He's not, but Fischilla came back and said he hears he's very close. I haven't seen any determination whether they are or not. Lampkin's been in and out of the lineup, and Baugh, who led the team in scoring this past weekend, apparently got hurt in that game, mm. and he's a question mark, I guess. But I'm starting to hear that uh, or read, all three may be in the game. They're a completely different team. They're a completely different team. They, this is a team that's on, got their own losing streak that they want to stop. They're a Final Four contender when they're healthy. With the head coach pedigree, Jamie Dixon. Yeah. With Miles that can completely control a game. Yeah. A 6'11 guy who's... Because he was thick. Yeah. Is he 6'11", 6'10", whatever? 6'10", 6'11", yeah. But he's as wide as he is tall. Mm, That's true. He's just a monster in there. Oh, Bannon can hit shots. And he he always does. They got dudes. I really like this TCU team. Got to get healthy. If they come out there and they're healthy again, this is not the elixir that you're looking for to stop... What he said? Iowa State's lost six of the last nine now? Six out of nine. Did you realize that? I didn't. It just kind of sneaks up on you. I uh, Speaking of that... I searched yesterday over at Bart Torvik, where you can search by date. And something that I really like to see, is there a team maybe we're not looking at as much? or In the Big 12? You can do it both by the Big by conference and overall. Okay. So during that stretch, which dates to, when was the first of those losses? Do you Kansas have it? on uh, January 14th. January 14th. Yep. All right, so I'm going to click on that. Since January 14th, Iowa State is, there they are, 3-6. and six. They're still the 30th best team in the country. Hmm. And it shows you also mm-hmm. the, the schedule. The conferences. That, yes. You can be three and six during that stretch and yet still be considered Isn't the 30th best something? team in the country. And that's a month, literally a month yesterday, January 14th. Here we are on the 15th. So in the last month, they're the 30th best team. During that same s- run, starting on the 14th, yeah. I was five and three. Mm-hmm. Yet they're the 37th best team mm-hmm. in the country, according wow. to his analytics. So it just goes to show you, yes, you got losses in there, mm-hmm. but those losses... Some close losses in there, mm-hmm. games that came down to the wire. Yep. But, well, and we go back. Lone leads. The TCU game. Yeah. And, and the, the Texas come, Tech game. Yeah. Just, there are just so many of those games and just the back and forth nature of it. So at times you hear that, boy, they're, they're falling apart. Well, not really. Not really in mm-hmm. comparison to. When you put it that way. Yeah. The schedule that they're playing, uh-huh. the close losses that have been in there, it's not as devastating as that three and six record kind of sounds when you're talking about the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. It's wild to look at it that no, way. No, it is. I'm glad you did because um, Memphis is seven and one, but they're the 35th best team huh. in the country. Well, three and six, Iowa State is the Who, who's best number one. Uh, since that date, it is Alabama, yeah. followed by Purdue, and there's Baylor. 
That number Barely. throws pointing up on those Bears. Texas A&M, the fourth best team in the country since that date. Isn't that wild? Uh, have you seen them play? I don't know if I have or not. I have on the SEC Network once or twice. Uh-huh. Uh, been on them a couple of times. They're kind of milk toast. Are they? They're fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing that wows you in. You know, that was one of those teams we talked about yesterday, those deep Final Four contenders, right. things like that, that the analytics are really liking right now, this Texas A&M team. After what happened last year, they were the last team out. You would like to see them, at minimum, get in. Sure. Kind of get their shot, that yep. kind of thing. But I'm with you. I don't know how much investment I'm going to have on Texas A&M. I don't think I'm going to reach in as well. And that's the question with the SEC as a whole. I love that Alabama team. They're really fun to watch. They're mm-hmm. an entertaining brand of basketball I just don't know about that conference. We asked Shelby and his phone crapped out on us yesterday, our bracketologist, but that's where I was going with the SEC. I just, it's so difficult to get a handle. I watched Tennessee. That's an awful brand of basketball. They're just, they can't score and they're great defensively, but they're so awful on the offensive end of the floor. It's not fun. Kentucky, we know they got talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't see enough of it. It depends what night you turn in and watch mm-hmm. Kentucky. More likely, the, um, the team that cuts down the net comes from the Big Ten or the Big 12? I mean, or C, none of the above. Oh, Big 12 for sure. Do you think so? You have Baylor. You have Kansas. Mm-hmm. You don't have Edie. Yeah, that's fine. You also don't have freshman guards on those two teams. Yeah. No, I mean, it depends when you see those dudes, right? It I is, mean, this yeah. past weekend, they weren't good. The game mm-hmm. before, they were terrific. game before that, they lost. Uh-huh. Lost two out of three uh-huh. for the Boilermakers. I, I would... Definitely, and if you give me the conference as a whole, yeah. I'm taking the Big 12. And I'm guessing long. the Big 12 is an overwhelming... I'm sure somebody's put a prop up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, a national champion by conference prop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, there has to be one of those. I'd be surprised if there isn't. And Big, Tw- Big 12 would be, I guess, overwhelming just because what you said, there's just so many options. Well, in the depth of the conference. And right. It's not just two teams. No, it's you got to put Texas in the mix. And because it's the wide-open uh-huh. nature of this sport, I think you put... Mm-hmm. TCU and healthy. K State's struggling, kind of like yeah. you know what? You still have that uh, that Torvik. Um, yeah, uh, where, where's K State lately? Because they're they're in a swoon period in their own right. That's... What have they lost? They've lost four. They've lost Jesus. They've lost four of their last six. And during this stretch that we're talking about, the last month they're thirty third. They're four and six in that stretch. But if we tighten it up a little bit more, how about we do that? Let's go over the last say two weeks. Okay, let's go from starting. The 23rd of January. Was that the Texas game? So that's just Monday of that week. Okay. So it's kind of so, so. Well, how about this? The best team in the country. So January 23rd, according to Bart Torvik, is the Aztecs of San Diego State. Hmm. The number two team. It's a Big Ten team. I will just tell you that. Yes. It's a Big Ten team. It's Northwestern. It's not. It's not Purdue. Nope. It's Indiana. It is not. It's not Indiana. Uh,. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. It's not Rutgers. They got no. beat. It's uh, it's not, not Iowa. It's not Iowa. It is the Maryland Terrapins. Really? So we saw Maryland against Iowa. Uh-huh. It feels like about the only time I've seen Maryland this year. I just right, right. For whatever reason, haven't seen a ton of them. They looked awful. Right, we, but they got a, they had a bunch of wins coming into that game, didn't they? Uh, going into, they just beat Ohio State, but they lost a couple of previous. Okay. But since that date that we sort by, mm-hmm. they have won five of their last six. They beat Wisconsin, Nebraska, Indiana, all at home. Mm-hmm. A road win at Good Minnesota. Good win over Indiana. Lost at Michigan State, and then beat Penn State. It's not like it's a wow factor either. No. There isn't anything, well, you, you right. can definitely see it. Kevin Willers did a nice job with this group. Yep. I mean, he brought in a ton of dudes, a lot of new faces there. Outside of Scott, basically, it's a, almost a completely new team. Mm-hmm. 
they're playing better. I just I need to see more out of Maryland because the team that we saw at Carver Hawkeye Arena, I would toyed with them. Yep. I mean, that that was one game where just yep. uh, Iowa kind of did whatever they wanted. And, and are they in the tie? They're in a tie right now with Iowa. Don't they have a similar? Eight, aren't they eight and six as well? Yes. Right. Yeah, they're in that mix of. But the, the Hawks have the tiebreaker over yep. them, and they're done playing with each other. Because there's what. Seven teams that right now have eight wins in the conference. I think that's, that's what nuts. the number is. It's nuts. Between Either two, between and, two and nine. Right. Absolutely. Second and ninth place. Second and ninth place. Think of that. Yeah. Think about it. And Wisconsin had a chance to join them last night, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, did. Um, oh. They didn't make a field goal for 14 minutes and one by five. That's nuts, Trent. Was it, was it that long? Yeah. I knew it was the last uh, 10 minutes. I saw the graphic up on SportsCenter last night. Huh. 14 minutes without a field goal. Jeez. They had 12 free throws, but still. Still. 14 minutes without a field goal, mm-hmm. and you win by five. Mm. Big 10 basketball. Mm-hmm. Not as fun as Big 12 basketball this year. Well, uh, will uh, will will Iowa State make a two-point basket tonight to, in the game? They didn't last time. I mean, think about that. They didn't make one. Really? Well, not them. The three the three guys you with Kalsher oh, okay. and Holmes and Grill what didn't hit. Didn't, they made five three-pointers, didn't make a two-point basket. None of them. Jeez. It's nuts, right? I need to go back and maybe watch that game. Was it a weird one? I mean, um, yeah. 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 I mean, just the fact that they lost their composure. Mm-hmm. That's why that was yeah. the anomaly. And that's what I saw, the clips of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, I didn't go Caleb back. Grill challenging the kid to a mm-hmm. fight in, a, you know, in the bowels of Hilton Coliseum after the game. I mean, come on. Um, Him and Weatherwax have dinner the night before? <laughs> I wonder, right? Yeah, his buddy Bill Self. Uh, anyways, Dave Sprout coming up fourteen thirty. He listened to all the press conferences. You know, he forgot to mention yesterday. Uh, way to go, Bill Fenley. Uh, Seven fifty. Yes. Good for you. That number is just un- isn't that something. And growing up, Iowa women's basketball made a Final Four. Mm-hmm. They were really good and had a lot of success. Iowa State was not just bad. I mean, there were years where they were well, back when they were playing fourteen conference games in the Big Eight. Mm-hmm. They were one fourteens. They were one and thirteens. It was, oh, they went four and ten this year. It felt like a high water mark for Iowa State women's basketball. He didn't just take over a, a turn the key program, right? <laughs> and to do that at seven fifty, the longevity that's that a, he's that's crazy. he's the only coach that preceded Sports Talk Radio in Des Moines. Oh, really? He was, I think, in the second or third year yeah. before it started. He's still going. Still going and strong. I think so. Yeah, I think so. He's showing those signs. Too bad. I mean, this was. Um, um, I mean, injuries are part of the game. Yeah. We get it right. But boy, boy, it seemed like he had a chance to make a long run this year. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. Uh, anyways, we'll take a time out. Dave Sproul will join us next, 1430 uh, KSI. What are your plans today? Are you, uh, are you going to be down at the well? Yep. We will be at Wells Fargo Arena every evening, every evening session as the new schedule is out this year with the 24 wrestler bracket. So we'll take the air tonight on 96.9 The Bull. Mm-hmm. What time? 5.55. Wrestling starts at 6 o'clock. It'll be the first round, the pigtails, if you will, then into the traditional first round, the round of 16. How many mats going? Eight mats. Nice. We will do our best to get every Central Iowa wrestler's name out there. <laughs> It's a difficult process, but right. we will do that. Uh, they'll be the same thing then on Thursday, though that'll be here on the airwaves at 6.55 here on KXNO. And then on Friday night, back on the Bull, along with the championship round on 96.9 The Bull. I'll get that tweeted out, get that on social media as well, and get you the complete schedule when we'll be on the air, bringing you hold-by-hold action <laughs> of state wrestling. Then two weeks before the girls? Two weeks before the girls. And then the boys follow right away? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the wolves in the wild get an opportunity to come home for a little bit, right? Yep. Before they get shipped back out onto the road, and then you have NCAA's right after that. 
Bing, bang, boom, right? Yeah. Going to be crazy. 1125, Miller and Condon underway on a Wednesday. Dave Sproul next. David Eicholt on Iowa in 20 minutes. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. For life. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 1130. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. David Eicholt on Iowa coming up in about 15 minutes. Dave Sproul right now, 1430 KASI in Ames. Uh, He joins us. Iowa State TCU tonight, 8 o'clock tip. Uh, KSI has the game for those of you in Story County. Likewise, here in Polk County, down the hall here, 100.3 the bus. Hello, Dave Sproul. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Hope you guys are the same. Absolutely. Before we get into the men, let's go back to uh, Bill Fenley. Uh, quite a milestone. 750 wins uh, in his career. That is in, uh, boy, that's really remarkable when you think about it. Uh, as Trent pointed out, where the program was when he took it over to where uh, it's at in 750 wins later. Good for him. Yeah, it's been a pretty incredible run uh, for a guy who, you know, not too long ago, he got the sense he might be coming to the end of the line. He really didn't seem to be enjoying the the game that much. But he had a, he's had a couple of recruiting classes come through in recent years that have really reinvigorated his love for the game. And then he's uh, continuing to recruit at a very high level. His, his most recent recruiting class and the one he's building currently are both pretty highly rated. So uh, he's the I don't I don't know if he's going anywhere anytime soon. So seven fifty uh, uh, probably won't be the stopping point by any means for for Coach Bradley. The uh, coach before Coach Fenley, Teresa Becker, went 18-63 and 63 in her three years at the helm before Fenley came over and pretty quickly got that thing turned around. They were in the NCAA tournament by 1997. Mm-hmm. That was a team that took seven years just to win a Big 8 tournament game. Jeez. That's how down wow. they were and uh, finally got there, and Fenley's done an incredible job. It's a different team. It maybe doesn't have the heights that we thought, but what have you seen out of the, the Twister sisters at this point? And what kind of shot they have, say, to get to the second weekend still of the NCAA tournament? Yeah, you know, they they got to shoot the ball well. I mean, they're kind of reverting back to an old style now that they're, they're bigs and, and Stephanie Suarez, you know, who was supposed to be a you know big centerpiece for the, mm-hmm. the team. She's you know, out for the season uh, with the, the torn ACL. Uh, so they're kind of back to where they were last year, essentially the same team they were. And for years, you know, is the team that has relied on three-point shooting, and now they're back to that. And that's why they were able to pull off the, the upset of Texas Monday night at Hilton, because they shot the ball really well from three and started off uh, very well offensively and, and, and built up a lead that Texas just couldn't overcome despite an effort late to, to rally there. So if they're hitting threes at a good clip, that, that means, you know, really good things. Otherwise, they're going to have to just try to grind it out somehow and find a way to win. And You know, that's a lot tougher when you don't have that, that yeah. same kind of inside presence. But as long as you've got players like, Ashley Jones, Lexi Donarski, and Emily Ryan on your side, you're going to give yourself a chance to win pretty much every night. Mm. How long did it take them to get over the Suarez thing? I mean, I get that on oh, next man up, or in this case, next woman up, etc. Uh, how long did, because that was a blow, right? I mean, she was expected to lead them to maybe um, places they'd never been before as far as this tournament. Did Was there a hangover there, Dave? Yeah, I think a little bit. You know, as much as, a, as anything, it's the emotions of it, seeing a player you're not only were counting on, but really liked. She seemed very, very well liked by her teammates uh, to have a devastating injury like that in her one chance to play 
at the highest level of college basketball. Now she might get the injury waiver and then have to decide whether she wants to come back or maybe try to go pro. But, you know, her one opportunity after dominating NAIA for four years, she got the chance to play at the Big 12 level, and then that goes away in an instant. And so that's that's tough to deal with emotionally. Some adjustments had to be made on the court. Uh, but uh, if, if there's a coach out there who can handle it, uh, Bill Fenley is that guy. And, you know, we've got players who really buy into to what uh, he wants to do, buy into the scouting reports, uh, game in and game out. So, uh, I, you know, this is a team that still has a great chance to finish the game or finish the season strong. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12, but they're going to be a factor in that race, probably finish in the top three or four at the very worst and give themselves a chance at a top four seed and some home matchups in the first two rounds of the tournament. Over to the men's side of things. Losers of four of their last five, six of their last nine. It's a grind in this Big 12 conference. We were know that was going to be the case here. What's wrong? Or is it maybe just some overreaction? Look, this is results-based. It's about the wins and losses. I get that. But you're playing a good team every single time out. Just a scheduling thing. What do you see with this Iowa State team? What, what has made them maybe take a step back here over the last couple of weeks? The big thing I saw, particularly Saturday against Oklahoma State, we all saw it. The frustration really boiled over for that mm-hmm. team and Caleb Grill in particular. But I, I think I think just about everybody is feeling it at that point. And maybe it has something to do with the you know the physical style they they had to play uh, in their game of West Virginia mm-hmm. and all the fouls that went against them. And it was interesting. T.J. Apfelberger the other day acknowledged the fact that you know these guys are aware that a lot of uh, people talk about all those fouls that got called and it's on social media and you know, maybe you let that seep in a little bit and it gets to your mental toughness. And that's something that, that Alzheimer is so keen on. You know, he wants his guys to be mentally tough. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, them steer back into the lane here of, of, of getting their focus back. You know, they're playing at home. They're playing a tough team that has a couple question marks. They've been on a skid lately, uh, but you know, a chance to, to, to write the ship and make sure you put all those distractions out of your head and focus on the things you need to do to be successful. And that's, you know, being tough and, and assertive on defense. Well, and it sounds as though they may get their, well, they're going to get their best player back in all likelihood in Miles and Lampkin. They're both on the plane, apparently, and both headed here. And we heard Fraschilla say on Saturday that, uh, that Miles is really close. And in fact, there was a lot of talk that he may be able to play over the weekend, didn't get it done. Sounds like they're both going to be uh, able to answer the bell tonight, Dave. And both of these teams, right? Kind of, I don't want to say hitting the skids. Trent pointed out Iowa State still, what, what? 30th best team in the country, even after losing six of nine. In the last month, it's just bananas uh, that they that they're still looked at that way. Just goes to show you how incredibly difficult and um, uh, the conference is tough, uh, top to bottom. So something's got to give here tonight, Dave. Uh, TCU sees that as a chance. Uh, this is a chance to uh, get back in the win- their winning ways. And so does Iowa State. This promises to be a dinger. Yeah, uh, Jeff Toots, you know, he talked to the media yesterday, too, and he, he pointed out TCU is probably, you know, a little desperate. They're looking for a win. And, yeah, I saw a report, I think it was the Fort Worth paper, said that uh, uh, both the, the injured players for TCU were full participants in practice yesterday. So that's probably a pretty good sign yeah. for the Orange Frogs that they're going to get they're going to be at their best. Iowa State should be at its best. So I think it will be a real humdinger game. It was it was a terrific, you know, close game uh, the last time they played, too. So I, I have no doubt that uh, it's going to be a scrap fight right down to the very finish at Hilton tonight. Let's hope that they don't need a step back 25-foot three from Kalsher to win it like they did <laughs> right. the first time these two teams got a lot. That shot. Oh it's my. still... 
I, uh, yeah. When I was looking at the box score, the clip came up on ESPN again. Just seeing it again. <laughs> that shot was so asinine. Just absolutely ridiculous. But that's the thing with Gabe Kalsher. It doesn't matter if he's not shooting it well. That kid never lacks of confidence, does he? <laughs> absolutely not. He <laughs> talked about it all last season. He struggled with his shot all last season. But he kept saying, I'm going to keep shooting. I believe in myself. I'm going to keep shooting. And there were times this year where it really seemed to be paying off. It's been a little up and down, I guess, this season. Uh, but uh, he's a guy who is not going to shy away from the moment. And that's something I think T.J. Altsberger really appreciates about uh, the way Kalsher plays is that, you know, he'll step up. He won't be scared of the moment, and he might not make the shot, but at least he'll take it and, and won't be uh, uh, cowed by the moment. Uh, Trey King, did you guys – he met with the media yesterday too, correct? Yep. Uh, what the, what was the takeaway there? Because, I mean, Kansas game he has 10 and kind of has been invisible last two, right? He didn't score against Oklahoma State, uh, had three points against uh, West Virginia the game prior to that, and this is a big-body guy. What uh, what did Trey King – I mean, I, has he, he's been asked about his transition to the Big 12 and, and how he's – I guess he watched a lot of it last year being there but didn't play uh, – how he's acclimated to you know getting back on the floor? Uh, we, you know, we didn't talk or to Trey about his own play really on a personal level in that regard. The, the, the conversation really focused mostly on the team-wide issues and the frustrations and, and things like that. But I think what Trey King is going through is probably pretty typical for first year, you know, Big 12 player in that you might come on, you might start playing really well because you're so eager to get out there. You can play aggressively, but then other teams adjust to you and, you know, the, the grind of the league can catch up with you a little bit too on an individual level, but, you know, and individual matchups also come into play, uh, you know, with his, whether he gets a lot of minutes or not many or what kind of role he plays during the course of a game. Uh, so, you know, so much is dictated, not even just game to game. Sometimes it's almost uh, minute to minute or, or one fraction of a game to an X. Uh, but uh, he's still going to be a guy who plays a big role for Iowa State. He, he can do some things that, you know, T.J. Otzelberger likes to see and, and use his physicality and, his size to get in, get some rebounds, do some things defensively. And, you know, he talked about for, you know, from a team-wide perspective, just sticking to the, the habits they always talk about and the things they do every day and, and staying together, playing for each other and things like that. And if he, you know, buys into that just as everybody else has, uh, I think that uh, that'll be a positive sign for Iowa State. What are you doing to fight your cold? <laughs> I've been taking a lot of medication, uh, you know, the over-the-counter stuff and the nasal sprays. I'm getting, I'm getting to the tail end of it. I'm almost over it. Good so stuff. I feel a little better. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Appreciate. It. We'll talk with you next week. Thanks, Dave. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Fourteen thirty K A S I. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Of course, little cyclones there as well. Um, did I do the keyword? I didn't, did I? No. It's time for that keyword. We're late to give out the keyword. Uh, KXNO.com right now. Uh, once you're there, you can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword check into the pop-up box that will appear. KXNO.com, pop-up box, type check. Your chance to win $1,000. Simple as that. Check. KXNO.com. David Eicholt on Iowa Next. Miller and Condon till 1. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. I'm... Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. David Eicholt, HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. We love Vegas. So does he, apparently. That's where he is. And he says his favorite spot 
I'll give you one guess where it is. Is it, is it our favorite spot as of well? Of course. So he goes to Vegas, I'm guessing, to get away from the... Did you see Vegas' weather yesterday? I did. It snowed sideways. Yeah, we got to blame Eichel for this. He must have brought the snow with him out there to Vegas. What's going on, David Eichel? How are you? I'm good, guys. Yeah, apparently I left to get away from the snow, and it actually worked out pretty well for the first couple of days, and then obviously what happened yesterday, and it does not look like it's going to be pretty getting back tonight for sure. Yeah. So you were there for the Super Bowl then? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I had, uh, I had some friends in town, and it was a good chance to uh, get away. Good timing, and it was nice to not let Brian Ferentz run my entire life for a few days. <laughs> no, I get it, right? Uh, yeah. You're just inundated with that. So is that your first Super Bowl in Las Vegas experience? And if so, just kind of give us... Uh, um, you know what it was like because a lot of a lot of guys have that on their and maybe some gals have it on a bucket list. Next year, of course, the Super Bowl is going to be there, so that's a different animal. But it's quite a place, isn't it? On Super Bowl Sunday, it's amazing because people freak out just as much about the coin toss and the length of the national anthem as the touchdown pass. Yeah, and it's it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful sight. But no, it was it was just a really cool experience. Uh, you know, I thought Circuit did a great job on it. And obviously it was packed. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it was just so funny right when the heads or tails coin toss gets called. Half the room, like, explodes, <laughs> yeah. and the other half is just like, oh, why? Yeah, and I'm sure when the Gainwell touchdown was overruled that he wasn't in because he was, you know, it depends when he got him, either 25-1, to 18-16-1, to 1, and then uh, uh, they overturned that and Hurts got it. That had to be there. some oohs and ahs as well. Yeah, it's a great place to be. Anyways, let's talk Hawks with you, David Eichold. Best of luck getting back uh, to Des Moines tonight. Um, um, in advance of tomorrow's game against Ohio, State. Trent and I have it figured this way. Uh, see if you see if you buy into it. If they can get to 12, which means that they win four out of the remaining six, and I don't think it's daunting. We've got them losing to Indiana and to Northwestern. That Northwestern team is a, I mean, the, nobody saw this coming, right? They're, they're having a terrific year. But does that get them the double buy? If they can get to 12 wins, David, might that get them, you know, that coveted double buy uh, in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, I subscribe to that notion, and I have Iowa finishing the remainder of the season 4-2 and two as well, and I have them losing to Northwestern and Indiana. I think Iowa's going to be able to get the job done against Ohio State. I'm very curious what Ohio State does with Chris Holtman. At the yeah, end of the me season. too. Good point. But you, 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 you can also just argue this, though. I still don't know what this Iowa team is. I mean, you don't know what they're going to come out with, if they're going to be – you know, a team that looks like they could take Purdue down to the wire or come back 20-plus points against Indiana, or when they give up 93 points to a struggling Ohio State team and lose in Columbus. And mind you, Ohio State has only won one basketball game since January 2nd, and that was in the first matchup against Iowa. Mm-hmm. So I think Iowa's going to be able to take care of business, but I also wouldn't sleep on Nebraska and Carver quite yet. I know Iowa's been good in Carver with Chris Murray back in the bunch, but I'll tell you, that Nebraska team just went in and knocked off Rutgers in the rack, and they looked really, really solid doing it. So it's going to be a fun remainder of the stretch. I think if Iowa gets the four wins, I do think that they'll earn the double bye, though. We've certainly seen continued inconsistency out of Tony Perkins. He had the ridiculous (laughs) performance uh, against Illinois. I know there's been some talk. He's kind of been limping around a little bit. What do we know where he is health-wise right now? Because TP, he is such a difference maker when he's right for this Iowa team. Yeah, and I think he he gives the energy boost to this Iowa team. I mean, how many times have we seen him make a big play this year? Even if he doesn't have a great game, makes a big play or two, and it kind of sparks up the rest of the team. So I think, like you said, I think he is limping around. I don't think you're ever going to get him saying anything. Fran, of course, is not going to say anything. 
I, I would probably venture he's about 80 to 85%. He just does look a step slow. And the biggest way I've seen it, Trent, is on his on-ball defense. Usually mm-hmm. he's a guy that can be a demon on that end. He can provide the clamps. He doesn't get broken down too many times. But he's just looked a step slow, I think, over the past couple of weeks with uh, guys who's driving by him, and that's not something we've seen. But he is an X factor. I think if he can uh, if he can get healthy down the stretch and he can kind of get that confidence and that swagger back, I-, I do think he's the big difference if Iowa potentially makes a Sweet 16 run or if they get out in round one the NCAA tournament. Uh, what do you know about uh, Peyton Sanford? Uh, regarding him, he only played 11 minutes against Minnesota, which I, I, I found that uh, somewhat surprising. I didn't fill it up by any means against Purdue. Um, in, in the I think he was 20, north of 20 minutes in that game. But just 11 minutes against Minnesota. What do you think was behind that? I think I think Fain was just riding on hand and the guys that he felt were working on both ends. And the reality is, I don't know too many guys that wanted to go out and shoot the basketball against that Minnesota team other than Chris Murray. I thought they were a bit timid at times. And Chris was the only one that really said, hey, give me the ball. I'm going to go to work. I'm the best player on the court. And the thing is with Peyton Sanford, too, I think he's had such an up-and-down season, but he's always bounced back. So, I mean, if people are worried about his playing time, if his shooting's a little bit off or any of that, I, I really don't want to buy into that notion yet because he has been so good in bouncing back. I think about you know, missing two potential game winners against Michigan State, and then he came out a couple games later, hit a few big shots, and made some things happen. So I think his confidence is still high. I think he was a little bit frustrated in that Minnesota game, but I don't think that's going to be anything that's going to linger going forward. Patrick McCaffrey, he has been back now for five games. I was one four out of five. He's playing, what, about average, about 15 minutes a game right in that range. Is that his role the rest of the year? Do you anticipate that's just kind of what they're looking for for Patrick, at least for the rest of this season? I think so. I don't know how you switch up the lineup again after everything. And, you know, I've noticed, Trent, I think that Patrick has been playing smarter basketball. Yeah, he still has a bad play a time or two, but ever since he's come back, he does look a lot more relaxed on the basketball court. If you go back and watch some of the film and the games, he was second-guessing everything, and he really hasn't second-guessed too much with what he's done on the court, and he's made some good plays. So I think given the rising role of Peyton Sanford, and including Josh Dix, who has you know, seen some good minutes here and there, I do think that Patrick's role is going to be just coming off the bench. If he has a great offseason, I think he can return to the starting lineup. And also, on top of that, Giving Connor McCaffrey more minutes and and Connor producing at the level he is, I do think that that's had a bit of a factor in that as well because I think Connor's been pretty, pretty good this season for Iowa. And I think a lot of the noise we've heard throughout his career has certainly started to sell down. So I think it's just other guys rising back, and I do think that Patrick was trying to get his legs under him for the first few games. Uh, well, let me ask you about DeSante Bowen. I think a lot of folks thought that uh, he might have a bigger role at this point in his career. It's been a while since we've seen him on the floor. Maybe he's injured and I, and I missed it. Uh, but he's, he, I, I guess I just thought he was going to play more. Uh, what um, it just it, I mean, everybody's light bulb goes on different times, right? I guess his isn't starting to illuminate yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I asked Fran about that about a week and a half ago after DeSante didn't play in back-to-back games, and he just said his time's coming. We he know, we know that we're going to use him down the stretch. We know he's a big part of our future. DeSante knows that as well, and he gave DeSante credit for being patient with the process. And right now, again, it, I think Fran's going to be riding the hot hand. If Aaron Ulis, if Josh Dix, if Tony Perkins and Connor are giving backcourt production, I think Fran's going to ride that out. And I do think at times DeSante's athleticism is going to pay dividends down the stretch. But I think when teams press, when teams face guard and when they get physical, then 
I think DeSante has been prone to making a couple of bad decisions and turning the ball over. And if there's one thing you cannot do in Fran McCaffrey's system, guys, is turn the basketball over. We saw that, you know, with Joe Toussaint when he got spotty minutes uh, throughout, you know, his career as well. So I, I think they're two different point guards, but they have similar athleticism. And right now I do think that they're having some of the similar struggles that, uh, that uh, you know, J- Joe had early in his career. And I think DeSante's kind of learning, learning the hard way right now. Iowa women, they are back at Carver for the penultimate game at Carver for the season. Final four games of the regular season. And the last tomato can. They take on Nebraska over the weekend on the road. That's a Nebraska team that's going to be desperate for a win, trying to get in the NCAA tournament at Maryland. Know how difficult that's going to be. And then wrapping up with the Indiana here. Maybe last time to get a little bit of rest here. Get up by, what, 30 points against Wisconsin, then rest everybody for the fourth quarter. Is that the game plan? Hmm. That's what I would say, unless Caitlin Clark's trying to get that triple-double <laughs> right. because apparently she's going to need to average it down the stretch yeah. to dethrone Aaliyah Boston, who dominated her game with 14 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks. Hmm. Absolutely phenomenal stuff that we've never seen before. So, <laughs> that really bothers you, know, you doesn't I, it, Eichelt? It's so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, they talk about ranked stats and all that. You know, Aaliyah does great against top 10 opponents. Well, Caitlin's averaging about 35, 8, and 8 against top 10 opponents this year. So I, I don't know, man. Just, I, I, I'm staying out of it this year. Boston going to be player of the year? I think so. I think so, too. I, I, I call, I you're not ESPN staying out of it. We, we, we're drawing you back in. We know you, we know you too well. <laughs> you're going to be right back in it. You're going to be fired at all the, the basketball writers <laughs> out there. Hey, you know what? Hey, at least let me talk like talk myself into it. Like, at least let me feel like I have the power to stay out of it, at least for a day or two. We we all know I'm going to be involved in it. Final minute. Uh, haven't talked to you since last week and the amendment to the Brian Ferentz contract. Just a minute on that. Your takeaway. I know you're vacationing, but let it ride. No, that's it's not vacationing. But no, it's it's a clown contract. I think it's one of the most embarrassing press releases in the University of Iowa athletics history. Uh, I know people maybe point to the 2020, but I do think that they were taking accountability when they sent out the press release and they had to make a response. This did not need to be public. It's it's a very, very scary sign going forward for Iowa, and I think it does show that the Ferentz family runs the Iowa Flight Department. And have since uh, Kirk started to have some success. The Allen, what, 2000 or 2001? 2001. 2001, maybe started the turnaround. David, uh, safe trip home. Thanks for doing this. Enjoy your last few hours in LV. Thank you, David Eichold. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. David Eichold on, uh, on those Hawkeyes. Super Bowl at Circa. Nice. Frank Schwab. On the NFL, David Kaplan on Chicago Sports Trends Plays of the Day still to come. Hour 2 next, Miller and Condon, 106.3.